Welcome to episode 49 of the Ask Achieve show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be discussing lower back arching while exercising, recovering from a hernia, and addressing flat feet. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. What's up, Achievers? Episode 49. Hi, everybody. We're excited to get into today's show. Um, just a quick little update on, on my end, I guess, is that today I'm officially 21 weeks along in my pregnancy. Woo-woo! And, uh, more than halfway. More than halfway and definitely looking pregnant finally, which has been exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, just this week, a lot of people have been like, oh, wow, like you look like you're actually pregnant now, <laughs> um, which has been cool. And also like something I, I actually had posted a little bit about it on my own personal Instagram page a couple days ago um, on how I was, I was actually feeling like a little bit weird about the fact that I was not really looking pregnant yet, but clearly had gained weight. Um, and obviously there's like, I feel like anybody who has ever been pregnant will say the same thing. Like there's this moment where you're like, is she pregnant or did she eat a big lunch or is she pregnant or is she fat? Like you have this weird, like that there's just this weird period of time where nobody can really tell if they don't know you. Um, but I was, and I, I knew that period of time would come and I was like prepared for that. But having been through, um, sort of a lot of body image issues in the past, I was hoping that it wouldn't spark any of that for me, but it definitely did a little bit. Um, but it was brief. It was very brief. It was actually just one picture that we were going to post on Instagram. And I was like, man, like you really can't tell I'm pregnant. <laughs> but I just looked bigger and I got weird about it. I got nervous about posting it. And then I was like, why this doesn't matter. Like the information that we're putting out is what's important. And if somebody feels the need to comment on my body for like whatever reason, like that's their, that's their issue, not mine. And so I kind of quickly got over it, but I still wanted to point out that it was obviously it's still there for me a little bit. And as much as I feel like I've overcome a lot of that, um, it's always a work in progress and there, you're always going to have little minor setbacks here and there. And as long as you can recognize them, work on all the things that you've worked on to get you past those things, um, the, it's just going to happen, but yeah. yeah. And you're definitely in a much more different situation than, uh, you know, most pregnant women would be cause you're, you're actively put, putting stuff out there on social media. Now that we've got a you know, relatively decent sized following, it's like the implications are a little bit uh, larger right now, right? Yeah, I guess. And also like, I'm, I mean, I know that a lot of our followers do know that I'm pregnant, That's but true, yeah. any new followers maybe don't. So yeah. and there's those things that just, I'm like, well, should I start like the post with the fact that I'm pregnant, like for the new followers? I'm yeah. like, no, <laughs> this is stupid. Like they shouldn't, it shouldn't matter. Right. That shouldn't matter. Like what I look like shouldn't matter. It should be the, the information that we're putting out, which is definitely what got us where we are is the quality information that we're putting out. So I have to forget about like worrying about what other people might think about my body, whether they think I'm pregnant or not, mm-hmm. it shouldn't matter. Yeah. But yeah. And just goes to show like, you know, we're, we're fitness professionals, but you know, even us, other fitness coaches and personal trainers, like we all share the same sort of feelings and sentiments that a lot of um, our listeners, our followers, our members, our personal training clients, like all that, like everyone just shares similar feelings and to not feel like you're alone in 
um, whatever you might be feeling. Yeah, yeah. definitely. But cool. I am feeling good and it's, it's been fun to see the bump, the bump really start to be in like full, full yeah, blast. A lot of you on Instagram have been on full baby bump watch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's been fun. That's been cute to like, for the people who do know, like, oh my gosh, like we can start to see it. Although it was really funny one time we, we reposted a video from like six months ago and somebody was like, oh, look at that little baby cute bump. little bump. And I was like, hey, I wasn't even close to pregnant at that point. But that's something that luckily, that's where I can see my progress because I would not have been able to laugh something like that right. off years ago. But now I'm like, oh, it's actually just funny. And yeah. like, it just, it was wearing a loose shirt. It's fine. Um, anyway. All right. So let's get into the questions from today. So our first one from Instagram is from Zonshine. And they asked, hi, Lauren and Jason, your post helped me so much. I have one question. When I deadlift or squat or just in general, I arch my back. I can't get rid of it with the angry um, blowing smoke out of the nose emoji. <laughs> <laughs> and after training, my lower back hurts. What can I do? Is there a video for it? Thank you. Um, yeah, so this is probably, I mean, you're definitely not alone on this. Um, this is probably one of the most common um, things that we see when we coach our members. Um I would say, you know, we, we talk about core exercises a lot, like marching and dead bugging. Like these are all exercises that we would recommend you to do um, to throw a different one in there. You can do something called a stability ball dead bug. In this case, you would be on your back with your knees and feet up off the floor and your arms straight out in front of you up towards the ceiling. Put a smaller size stability ball between your arms and your knees. So you're kind of supporting it. And from there, what you want to think about doing is pushing your lower back, pushing your rib cage down towards the floor. Maintain that and try to squeeze the ball. Nothing too crazy, like you don't want to pop the ball, but just some light pressure and try to reach your opposite arm and leg down towards the floor. And the whole time you're trying to maintain that rib cage down position um, with your core. And hopefully you can transfer that um, sort of um, awareness to your lifts. Um, so let's say most likely she's probably back squatting and deadlifting, right? Yeah. Um, hopefully as your core strength improves, you can start to translate that over to squats and deadlifts. However, I would say if you still have difficulty, like let's say you're doing a back squat, your arms are back behind you, that can be a difficult position for you to really try to keep your rib cage down if you're not adequately prepared for it. So something that you can do instead is do a kettlebell goblet squat where the weight is out in front of you, your arms are out in front of you, and you can really sort of like, kind of like wrap around it. And that really helps you to squat down um, a nice good position without really putting yourself in a position where you might arch at the lower back. Yeah. Um, so those are two good one. The first one's more of like a strength exercise. The second one's more of an awareness, like, well, it's modifying the exercise to help you be more aware of where you are in space. Right. Um, also, something that you can think about if you're somebody who does well with like a visual or a verbal cue or like a um, a cue for something to visualize while you're lifting is if you want to think about your rib cage sitting directly over your pelvis and that that whole thing is a cylinder. Mm -hmm. So the rib cage is at the top, the pelvis is at the bottom. And when you move through a squat and through a deadlift, you want to keep that cylinder together. So you want to think about everything moving as a unit. So if you tip forward a little bit with your upper body, that means your lower body has to push back a little bit because your rib cage is going forward, your torso, your uh, pelvis has to go back. Um, what ends up happening with in this situation is she's opening up through her like stomach and her upper and her lower back is arching. So it's almost like you can picture something spilling out 
when that's happening, like mm-hmm. spilling out of the cylinder. So instead, you want to try to keep that cylinder together as you move through the squat and deadlift um, patterns. And these are, it, this is p- particularly for lifting heavy loads doing these exercises. Like you don't want to think about being stiff like that throughout your entire life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's just while you're lifting, thinking about that cylinder could help. Yeah, perfect. Cool. So hopefully those three different sorts of ways of thinking about it would would contribute to a little more success there. Yeah. All right. Number two, question number two came from uh, an email. This is from Nadine Walicki, and she is from Switzerland. So she asked... Um, Oops, I'm on the wrong page. Okay, she said, I've been strength training on my own for about eight months, adding weight gradually and focusing on five main movements, deadlifts, squats, lunges, pushes, and pulls. As careful as I have tried to be, I developed a hernia on one side of my groin over the past two months, most likely from the strength training. I had it operated on last week, and I will follow my doctor's orders for recovery, but I wondered if you might suggest which movements to start with when I get back to the gym and how to gradually work back to my previous routine. I thought I would ask, since I'm sure you have come across such cases in your career thus far and might have some tips. Yeah, I mean, um, first things first, definitely consult with uh, a physical therapist just to make sure that you don't have any like very specific things that you should or shouldn't be doing. Um, so that's definitely recommendation number one is definitely just check in with a medical professional. Um, number two, you know, I actually don't think we've had any um, members or clients with a, um, like groin hernias, like a sports hernia. Um, I, I know a that you... abdominal hernias. Yeah, abdominal hernias. Do you want to yeah. talk about... Um, uh, what we've done with um, our members who've had abdominal hernias? Yeah, so we've had a couple, and they've been for various reasons. One was from, like, a previous injury um, and surgery. Um, and I think we've had somebody who, if I'm remembering correctly, I think it was from pregnancy as well, because you can get, like, a, mm, yeah. a hernia in your belly button. Um, so what we've done in the past is after post, post-surgery, post when they're cleared to start exercising again, the difficult part is a lot of the time your doctor is just going to say, okay, you're clear. And they won't really give you much guidance in terms of what to start doing. So what I've usually done, what we've usually done is start by introducing exercises that you can comfortably perform while maintaining um, easy breathing. That's number one, because we don't want to think about overly bracing because that that like really hard contraction through your core is going to potentially something that could exacerbate what was already there. So we want to think about breathing easily throughout the movements that you're doing. So we're not going to load anything very heavy. I know she said she's been doing squats and deadlifts and lunges and everything like that. I would go back to variations like a goblet squat, a kettlebell deadlift, um, a bodyweight lunge, things that are not super heavy, but that you can focus on the range of motion and focus on breathing normally throughout. Um, In terms of core training, we usually start with, again, very easy, like non-bracing core training exercises, like a marching, like kind of what Jason was just talking about with the dead bug, very similar, laying on your back with your hands by your side, just marching one foot to the floor and then returning it back up and marching the other one and doing that while maintaining good breathing mechanics. Um, Over time, you can, I would say just week to week, keep seeing how you're feeling. It's always about listening to your body because everyone's going to recover at a different pace. Um, But if you're feeling good, just go up and wait a little bit each week and keep increasing the weight. Eventually you'll get to the point where you will have to brace again. If you do want to get to those heavy lifts, just make sure that you're not doing that when, while you're doing that kind of bracing, you're not feeling anything in the area that you had that surgery. Yeah. And I would say for a groin hernia in particular, we'd probably initially shy away from things that would 
place either strain or some sort of like stretching um, emphasis on it. So something like a split squat where your legs are split or, or a reverse lunge or a step up where your legs are split, that's gonna place um, a good amount of, like you're, that's gonna place your groin on stretch whilst trying to strengthen it. So it might, you know, um, worsen some symptoms um, here and there. So I would probably stray away from that. Yeah, I would true. go more towards a bilateral lifting position um, and maybe even staying away from squats initially, just because if you're going down um, to a certain depth, it will pull on your groin there as well. Um, something that might be a little bit safer initially is like hip pinging movements like deadlifts, um, maybe like uh, hamstring curls or glute bridges um, where the stretch on your groin will be minimal. And then over time, you can start to increase range of motion, start to introduce squats. Um, and then I would say split squats and lunging's, lunging would probably be at the very end of that sort of uh, progression spectrum. Yeah, definitely. That's what I was I was speaking, I guess, more in terms of the, the abdominal, abdominal hernia. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend that as well. And also being able to, you can still lift with your upper body and go fairly heavy as long as you're in a comfortable totally. position with your lower body. Um, but again, early on, not doing anything that causes you to hold your breath because even a hernia down in your groin you can still aggravate by holding your breath yeah and just creating a lot of pressure that yeah. um that wouldn't be good in that situation and yeah just to add to what lauren talked about just just definitely listening to your body not trying to rush the process and just being patient with it um yeah and i think that, that's probably the most important thing really listening to your body yep Cool. Cool. All right. And question number three, this one comes from M.R. Aguirre. Um, they asked, I just noticed, oh, I really appreciated your video for flat feet people. <laughs> I just noticed that I do not push with my toe when I run or walk. Is that a reason why I'm not working my flat feet to have an arch? What do you think about bunions if I need to include my big toes? Lastly, do you think flat feet is related to posture problems? I have a weak slash slouching posture, which I also want to correct, but it becomes natural when I do not play, pay attention. I'm sorry for the long message. That's <laughs> no, not that long. <laughs> um, yeah, so there are a lot of different um, layers with this one. Um, I'll just go, just talk in general a little bit um, about flat feet and ankle mobility and big toe mobility and how it's kind of like all interrelated. Um, for someone who has... Um, let's say, um, less than optimal ankle mobility. So their knee can't really travel too far over their toes. Ideally, in an ideal situation, you should be able to place your knee about four to five inches over your toes. When you can achieve that, then you can achieve a really deep squat position. You can um, run, walk um, well without any issues or any sort of compensations. When you uh, can go less than that. So let's say you're in the zero to two range, which by the way is very average for what we see. Like we rarely see anyone with four to five inches of range of motion. That's kind of like, like, oh wow, this is kind of a, uh, an anomaly kind of thing. So mm -hmm. don't like feel bad that you don't have that. Um, the average that we see is in that zero to two range. Now, when that happens, your body will try to still find a way to complete the movement that you're trying to complete. So let's say you're trying to squat down, but you don't have great ankle mobility. One of two things will happen. Either your heels will lift up on the way down or your feet will spin out. And that's why you see so many people run and walk with a duck-footed posture. It's because their ankle mobility gets a little bit tight and their body's like, okay, I still need to do the thing that my body needs to do. So I'm just going to spin the feet out. 
And what ends up happening then is as people stride, instead of pushing off through their big toe, they actually end up pushing off kind of like next to the big toe. And that's where that whole bunion situation happens. Your body, your, your, your body decides to grow bone in that area because you, you keep constantly putting pressure there. And it's like, okay, we should just create more and more bone and make sure that this place is safe to step on. So eventually people shy away from stepping through their big toe and put most of their pressure on their bunion and again, walk and run and do just various activities in a duck footed posture um, a lot of the times because their ankle mobility um, is limited. And you know, the, the opposite can happen too. Like it might start off with like you stubbing your big toe and it hurts to push off through it. So you kind of like figure out a way to walk and run um, by externally rotating your feet in a duck footed position and that might hinder your ankle mobility so it's kind of like a chicken and egg situation like we don't really know if it's ankle mobility causing it or big toe mobility causing it but something is causing that duck footed posture and that's why he's probably not able to address his foot stability because it's kind of like caught in the middle between the big toe and the ankles um, being stiff right now Um, so i think Number one, definitely checking in with a podiatrist or a physical therapist. Um, like they might, they might recommend orthotics. They might recommend um, those toe spreaders to uh, kind of like get your toes to kind of like realign into a better position. So you definitely want to check in with a medical professional. Um, but beyond that, we always recommend um, just being very mindful at the gym during your strength training exercises. And for anyone with you know really kind of like aggressively flat feet or tight ankles and tight kind of like toe joints and stuff like that, we always recommend um, lifting without their shoes on. Um, And that really helps them to feel the floor and have them kind of like trigger those like intrinsic foot muscles that might be just kind of like a little bit like dampened right now because they're maybe they've been stuck in shoes like, you know, a, a long time or they just haven't been really like triggered and activated that much. Yeah. Or they, or you need to find yourself somebody, a spouse who will pull on your big toe because he says that you don't have enough big toe extension. Because <laughs> that's what happens to me. <laughs> like you need to increase your mobility. Jason on the couch will literally just pull my toe back and be like, you need to work on this. And then he just like mobilizes my big toe. <laughs> it's one, you know, one of those cute, cute quirks. Yeah, right? yeah, totally, yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, check, definitely check it back on our Instagram feed. Um, we have posts on um how to, to improve your short foot or your tripod foot positioning, um, as well as ankle mobility drills that you can use to uh, do that. And we've talked about this um, at length in a bunch of other podcast episodes. So you can just kind of search through for flat feet and ankle mobility drills and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, those would be probably our recommendations and kind of like why uh, this stuff might be happening. Yeah. Cool. So I think that's all we have for you today. We hope that we answered your burning questions. And if you have any more burning questions for us, you can send them to us through Instagram DM at AchieveFitnessBoston.com. You can email us at podcast at AchieveFitnessBoston.com. And until next time, peace, love, and and muscles. muscles.